Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, folks. I would like to introduce myself. My name is Payal. And I am a traveler who also loves to meet people. And I think a blend of both is where this concept of melting pot has come about. In my Melting Pot series, I will be talking to lots of inspiring people from different parts of the world and also from different cultures, whom I meet during all my travels. The common factor between these folks will be the desire to follow their passion and make it a way of life. So step into this melting pot and enjoy the chats. Let me introduce everyone, my viewers, listeners to a very special guest today, Rubel Nagi. Rubel is an artist. She is the founder of the Rubel Art Foundation and so she's and she's going to correct me. Okay, we'll wait for her to correct me. And she's also set up something called Missal India. So which started as Missal Mumbai and then progressed to Missal India. So thank you for joining me today, Rubel. And yes, please correct me. <laughs> Rubel Nagi Art Foundation. Okay, so it's, I, I miss that. I miss the Nagi, but yes, that, that's. All about art. It's all about connecting to people through art. It's all about creativity. The foundation is all about educating lakhs of children today through art. So art plays a very big role. Yeah. And uh, my introduction. So did I forget simple. the art, or did I forget the nagi? Something you forgot. <laughs> Something <laughs> so I would. I would because it's all about art foundation and the teaching. Uh, children through art and also doing a lot of things through art, which I will speak as we speak yeah. further. Yes. And I'll yes. tell you how we are getting, bringing that change and transformation impact on ground through art and creativity. So okay. my introduction is very simple, just simple artist and social worker, I think. <laughs> okay, so you've introduced yourself. Yeah, so I mean, before we, I, we have so much to talk about in terms of, you know, your social work and, and of course, your art. But uh, before we get into that, I'm just a little background to you a little bit about your personal journey. And of course, very curious to know who named you Rubel. Uh, yes, uh, that's that's a question. Uh, sometimes they say the nation wants to know kind of <laughs> lines. So I get a lot of these nation wants to know. I'm like, then I joke with them. I said, which nation wants to know? <laughs> I'm just a very regular, normal person. So I don't know why you're putting me on a pedestal and saying nation wants to know. But jokes apart, ruble means light. So I'm born in an army family. My father uh, served in the Indian army for most of his life, now retired, settled in Jammu and Kashmir. I was born in Jammu, never lived there because dad would travel every two years, get a new uh, posting into a new village or a new city or a new state. So I, when I was born in Jammu, he wasn't even there. He came the next day because he was posted on the border and he came, he held me in his hand and he said, this is Ruble. So that is where Ruble froze. And then later on, when I grew up and I said, dad, what is the meaning of Ruble? He said, it means light. And coming from a Punjabi a Sikh background, ruble was not something very common. You know, normally you would hear Simran, Preeti, Pinky, Beauty, you know, these kind of names. <laughs> if a child looks beautiful, they'll say beauty. beauty. <laughs> Brought luck to you, lucky. So, you know, Punjabis have these kind of, I wouldn't say funny names with all due respect to them, but these creative names. So luckily I was not one of them. And uh, my name was ruble because ruble means light. Okay, and, and so in what language does it, or it, it does it mean light? 
is in in Sanskrit and in Arabic both. Oh. So my dad, being uh, such a staunch Sikh, I I asked him. I said, Dad, how would you think of it? He said, You know what? I was just I knew you're going to be born in few days, and I was just sitting in my tent alone on the border, and I was just you know surfing and reading a book. And he reads a lot of book. He ha- you know I think that's what we get from him. And he said, Just I just came across this word somewhere which connected me to light and rubel. And I was like, if I have a daughter, because he didn't know what he's going to have, whether it's going to be a boy or a girl. He said, if it's a daughter, it's going to be Rubel. So that's how my name actually came into the forefront of being <laughs> Rubel. And then, as you grew up and you went to school, and you also realized that Rubel is also the currency of Russia. But luckily, uh, the way we I spell it and the way they spell it is, I think, different. Okay. Or maybe same. I I've not really said, but that's what uh, everyone says. No, the spelling is different, but the pronunciation is the same. So, but the real meaning of my life is this: where it actually came into Not, okay. uh, my life. Thank you for clarifying, <laughs> and I'm sure my listeners and the viewers are now have learned a new word in a different language and have not connected it with the Russian currency. <laughs> so, <laughs> when did art become a part of your life? So, you know, being a creative child, I think I was four and a half, five years old when I did my first watercolor in my school. And I was applauded for that. My dad still has it and refuses to even share it with me. I think that was the time my dad was like he just made a you know random statement. Basically, he would want me to become a doctor, engineer, or an army officer, like a regular home. You know where you are brought up with two elder brothers and being the youngest girl, you are treated like the third boy in the house. And you're like, okay, fine. You know these are the career options that you must opt for. There is no fourth or fifth option that is literally given to you because you want to study. a 9 to 5 job for your child because that's the sense of security you know your parents would have that this is what yeah. we want you to do and you know when you retire you have your pension with you and your you know it's like your life is set yeah. probably my parents would not see beyond that they're like we have to settle our children and for their daughter they never wanted me to work honestly they said no princess you know like dad and two brothers and they're like no <laughs> she's going to have fun and i would as i was growing up i would say dad why do you think women who work are uh, not having fun or they are not treated well or there's no harm in hard work so he said no there's no harm in hard work but i want my da- daughter to be just you know have a good life or whatever i said all right with all due respect to you so after i did my first piece of art is when my dad realized maybe you know she has that creative side in her i would say it was a great looking painting like something which is you know some children can draw so beautifully that you look at it and you're like wow but somewhere down the line this painting was not a very good looking perfectly made painting but it was a creative painting the way i had mixed the colors the strokes were different something someone who knows about art or even would not know about art but is looking at a painting would say oh it's not bad it's pretty good for a 5 year old you know i think that's what my dad noticed at a very young age but it was like maybe you know it just happened and as i grew we went to different parts of the country mostly the remote areas smaller villages smaller towns and they are just so beautiful by yeah. the landscape yeah. of our country yeah. is breathtaking and i think that's where every second time you know i was visiting a new place into the mountains into the beaches into the you know these small little basties and slums and these fields something was constantly in my mind you know that how i can put two two three three things together and for me it was not painting i honestly didn't start just with painting i started with sculptures because i'm first a sculptor then i'm an artist who paints so i started mixing mediums like you know pick up some mud and put some pieces of stone in it or put some pieces of metal in it you know this raw waste metal which is lying around in your house army officers have commanders have these big big bungalows where you have a lot of stuff everywhere so i could just pick up some and you know experiment and start making something or the other so few things started turning out good and then my dad got posted to kolkata and that is where my art journey started because when i went to shantiniketan i think that changed my life so how old were you when that happened So I was in Shantiniketan in 1996-97. So if I am 41 now, so you okay. can imagine so it was yeah, like 15-16. Yeah, 15-16. Yeah, it was it was 
very young. I was in, I remember I was in 11th standard. I did my 11th and 12th from Kolkata Army School. And going to Shantiniketan, I, I did read about Rabindranath Tagore because he's been a huge inspiration in my life. And, you know, his word saying that simplify your word, show simplicity in your work was something which I always related to. For me, that was always the catch point. You know, how you can do something beautiful with something so simple. And I've always believed Something which is beautiful is something simple. simple. You know, you don't have to make an effort to look good. You don't have to make an effort to paint well. You don't. You just go with the flow. You know, just simplify that's things. Really, yeah, that's what, yeah. You simplify things in your life, yeah, and you know, yeah. your art, your the way you look at life, your perspective towards life, towards people, towards everyone around you changes. And you know, I guess that also happens with experience. That also happens with age. Like they say, you mature with age, which is a very strong uh, statement. And I now completely relate to it that, you know, it is not just the age. It is the experiences that you've gone through in those many years. You interact with so many different people. You've traveled to so many places. You've learned, you've grown up. You know, that's exactly what I feel. So going to Shanti Niketan and just feeling the place itself just completely drew, you know, till 10th, I was thinking whether I would paint or dad will let me go to the art college or not, because he was like, you always have to be with me. Your brothers have gone to colleges. They're not at home. We can't let our only now last child go. And, you know, you study wherever we are with you. And I would tell my dad, you're in all these villages. Where are the art colleges there? Or where are the colleges there? How will I do it? But I was like, you know, Papa's girl. So whatever he would say, I would do. Right. So Shanti Niketan in Kolkata showed me the path. And then I met my husband there. And his family is very much into art. They've been collecting art for so long. Plus, uh, he's half Bengali. So Bengalis somehow have it in their blood. You know, art, culture, literature, poetry. I, I guess they, they're born in it. The chef in my house, Payal, would just take some piece of mud and do Ganpati, Shiva sculptures. Like in 10 minutes, 15 minutes, Gopi. And I used to say, Gopi, you are just amazing. He said, ma'am, I wish I went to college and I learned. I said, for art, you don't have to go to college. If you're creative, you must go to college. I'm not saying you don't have to study. But if there are circumstances that you've not been able to do it, you can still pursue it. So with my exhibition, I actually kept few of his pieces also, which people appreciated. He was like over the roof that, you know, he could exhibit in Taj Art Gallery at that time. So they have it in them. So my uh, mother-in-law was a huge influence for my uh, art career. She said, you know, Rubel, uh, because I got married and straight went to Bombay. They were uh, half Bengalis, but living in Mumbai. And that's why she sat me down one day and she said, you know, I don't know how big or small my boy is because he's the only child, Samrat Nagi. And he said, but, but she said, but I want you to be independent. You're not my daughter-in-law, you're my daughter. Whether he's the best husband or he will be the worst husband tomorrow. But as a mother, I am telling you, you should be able to stand on your own feet. You're very young. You're 18 and a half and you've gotten married and you've come to my house. I cannot let you not do what you want to do. And you're so good at certain things. So she could probably understand my creative side more than my parents could. And my husband was very supportive. Also, he said, of course, I mean, you know, she must pursue. Then I went to London. I started there. I came back. I did my political science graduation through correspondence and I started working. I think at 1920, I was doing freelance work and till you complete your education, you know, start taking smaller orders. And because they've been in Bombay for so long, so she had some friends. And then I had my first show in Taj Art Gallery. I went there to book the gallery and I did show a couple of paintings and it was a sold out show. So I was like, oh, wow, like things like this happen in life, right? So I was like, you know, taken aback. And I guess that's where the journey started. And then I did many shows all around the world and I travel I did a lot of commission work I did murals I did sculptures started from four mediums in less than five years I probably invented 39 38 plus mediums you know kept inventing that how can you mix glass with the metal and metal with fiber fiber with FRP and then mosaic with the ceramic how you can mix and match and do all these put all these things together so I guess experimenting my studio actually became like a experimenting lab where I so many of them didn't come through so many of them became a success we replicated in many five-star hotels and did murals and installations there so, so I guess that's your how. favorite which is your most favorite medium is it you know you did mention earlier that you are first sculptor and then an artist so yeah. is that the way I mean so would you say that 
because you know like you've mentioned that you mix so a lot of media being mixed a lot of experimentation happening so that probably indicates to me that you're you're more you know you flow better not better but you you feel more when you're creating sculptures rather than when you're when you're painting am i is that like a right assessment yes that that's correct that's what i said i enjoy sculpting more if you ask me to make up make a face uh, on painting or sketch a face i'm an abstract artist i probably will not do justice to it but if you ask me to carve you out i would happily do it and you'll love it yeah. because yeah. i know i will do justice to it so for me to choose a medium is like asking a mother who's your favorite child because they've all come out of me all right so putting, yeah. putting my finger on one medium and saying that okay this is my marble is my favorite or metal is my favorite or ceramic is my favorite a bit tough but cold ceramic is one medium that i invented and it's one medium that could look like metal that could look like stone could look like glass could look like ceramic tile mosaic So it's a very versatile medium. It's made out of six ingredients, which I will not share online, but <laughs> made out of six ingredients, yeah. which can transform the piece of art into a completely different look. Like if I, if I show you, you'll say, "Oh, is this bronze?" I'll say, "No." Now touch it and just do a little bit of this, and you'll see. You'll feel it's not bronze. Or if I, you know, make it in a different way, you'll say, "Oh, this looks beautiful. It's such a stunning glass." Or you can say mosaic. It's each pieces together. Each piece looks like a tile mosaic together, but it's not. It's cold ceramic. So that is one of a very versatile and a very different medium that I I love working on. It's very fragile as well, and you have to be very careful. But uh, well, I guess challenges are something that I've never been scared of, and I think inventing this was a very big challenge because we did fail a couple of times. the things broke when we made but finally we got it right so i i would put my hand on that so far otherwise all of them i i love sculpting yeah. in every medium that's that's nice yeah i mean i guess it's it's what you feel you know what's closest to your heart is is yeah whatever gives you the freedom whatever you know, gives you yeah. artist you should just yeah. You should just have the freedom. Have the flow. Yeah, correct. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely understand that. So now we move on to your foundation. How did that come about? I mean, what kind of encouraged you to set up the foundation? What was the objective behind it? You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe. With me, Payo. on this very unique and special podcast series melting pot so honestly in a file couple of years back i was not really looking at setting up an organization setting up an ngo charitable trust i was just like you know i want to do reach more children i want to meet more women i want to help as much as i can but on paper was it important for me to set up an organization was not something that i related to for me it was always about you know aapko acha kaam karna hai to you don't need a degree for that you don't need to have an organization for that you first learn on ground and then see how things go ahead and like i said that from my childhood i traveled so much to different parts of the country my dad was you know posted on the border for so many years and all the jawans they they're on the border their wives would be staying in in uh, cantonments army cantonments and my mother would go for ladies welfare center where all these ladies would come with their children meet the officers wives and you know discuss everything their problems good and bad and everything i would always go with my mom and mom would come back all the aunties would come back i would stay there because i would still want to sit and talk to them and listen to them and they would just say that you know baby because i was small myself they said baby you listen to us and we feel so good you know so that is somewhere i was always thinking that just listening to them sometimes you know to people when they take out this they, they speak their heart to you also makes them feel good then i traveled to a lot of these smaller places where i saw a lot of children just you know just doing nothing and i would ask my dad that don't they go to school he would say you know some of them do most of them don't i was expecting most of them do some yeah. of them don't you know so when he said most of them don't i was like papa i think you should try and get them into school he's saying it's beyond my reach it's not something i think i am equipped to do and i said but government schools are free or very minimum he's saying no their parents are earning 100 bucks 50 bucks 45 rupees a day where will they send their four five children to school even if they have to pay 2 rupees or 5 rupees and education was never the priority and that was always something bothering me and you know what pal god has been kind 
I've I always knew I don't want to be an artist. I always knew that for me, my creative path, my art would lead me to people because I'm people's person. I wherever I go, you know, I like whether it is a slum or a village or or any party where probably you know sometimes I don't know anyone. I've gone for events like that and I've landed up like everyone's around me and we've landed up chatting and we've like you know what. We made friends. That so sounds we, so much like me, by the way. Yeah, there you go. So you know, yeah. some some women are blessed by God with that kind of blessing. Yeah. So I always knew that through my art, I want to connect to people. And I was always, as I was growing up after my teens, I was always thinking that what is that one thing that will break the barrier between me and unknown people? Like if I walk into a slum. being brought up with two elder brothers and an army dad army officer dad i was never someone you know like a girl would be scared of doing something I, I never, yeah, yeah i was yeah. never at least that part was never in me that i could not walk into any unknown place alone i could middle of the night also what will happen we'll see but i i had that that much strength to do it so i would always think that if i walk into people i talk to them and i tell them is your children going to school or are you working or do you have dropouts in your house they'll say where is she come from you know so i was always in my mind fighting with myself that what is it how my art can break that barrier to reach these people and that is where you know art played a major role in breaking that barrier because everyone loves colors everyone likes creativity so instead of me going to them they started coming to me so when we launched paint dharavi in 2016 it was a beautification project is that the misal mumbai no. project no okay so paint dharavi was 2016 okay misal came into uh, we launched misal initiative in 2018 january 12 and before that of course i did a lot of artworks and lot of art camps and went to, to many slums but where the foundation you asked me where did the foundation come into origin so i met this now a friend of mine mentor you can say he's the founder of pratham organization as well madhav chawan so i met him in pune and i still remember you know you were sitting there and i was in my 20s at that time and i walked up to him and he said oh my god a kid has come to meet me so i was like you know taken aback i said excuse me not a kid but nevertheless <laughs> uh, with all due respect to you because he's much older than me so he said okay fine you want to do social work i said i just want to connect to children i really don't know if you would call that social work or what i just want to see uh, he said what is it that you want to do i said i want to see my country 100% literate and one of my friend who's also on your board recommended me to meet you and said that pratham is working on education primary education for children and that is where i called you and i you said let's meet and come over to pune and i came so he said okay let's start with an art camp because you're an artist and let's see how things go that first art camp we did at uh, kanyavidya mandir and two days of art camp first day second day the whole team the feedback that madhav got was that we have never seen a person like this not just the children the whole pratham team is her fan now so <laughs> <laughs> we want to work with ma'am so he calls me and he says listen you've stolen everyone's what have heart you done? <laughs> yeah. yeah what have i done like the whole pratham suddenly is now loyal to you than me so he joked with me so rubel we we must do a lot of other things and you know let's let's take this forward so i we did a lot of art camps together and then one day he sat me down and he said you know now it, i think it's time after a year or so i think less than a year maybe he said now is the time that you start on your own i know you're young you will learn a lot of things on your way but because you're young started now you know don't wait for ev- everyone must be tell- telling you that do charitable work in your 50s and 60s no do as you can and i can see the passion i can see the love the genuine effort that you put and you know just take this forward and i said okay then how does this happen is it get a lawyer get this then i consulted my husband and i said how do we do it and then we put a team together of trustees and rubel nagi art foundation was registered after few years when you know after i was on ground working but that first camp file that i did in that school there were more than i think 300 350 children and i'm very involved like whenever you get a chance to come to one of our areas when you're in india you know you'll see that i'm the probably the only founder of organization who is in the slum every day i teach personally covid time i've taught uh, online but i've also have been on ground almost every day and you know i was giving pencils rubbers colors to everyone and 
uh, one child who four and a half five years maybe five plus he looks at me and he says what is it i gave him the paper i gave him the rubber he took it and then when i gave him the pencil he just looked at me and he said what is it so i said i was first thinking he didn't hear me or probably he's joking with me so i said pencil take it you'll draw right ab maine bataya pehle naam likho class likho school likho then on the other side you draw because you know that's how we know that it's their drawing so he said but in hindi he said what is it he said so i what the pencil was yeah no he said what is it yeah he didn't say what do i do with it yeah. he said what is it what is it so i yeah. sat down there and i said are you serious or you're joking with me so sachi mein tumko nahi pata hai ki pencil kya hoti hai to bola ki nahi humne to nahi kabhi dekha like i've never seen it i've never held it before so i sat there and i then explained to him i taught him how to sharpen your pencil and what do you do with it and then i got up and i called pratham volunteers and my team volunteers and said this child is not he said ma'am he, he's just come back from his village and uh, this is the first time that he's been in the city and actually he's never gone to school he's never seen any stationery he's telling the truth so you know i was like okay then i requested the team to get his parents met his parents but the admissions done all that happened later but when i came back home by that night i couldn't sleep yeah because in a city like mumbai which is such an advanced city we still have children who've not seen pencil whether they've come from any village from maharashtra or any part of the country this is very basic, basic. that our children yeah. in india yeah. need yeah and 10 years back if a child has not seen a pencil i mean you know i still get goosebumps i'm like what are we doing and that is the day i decided now i'm going to leave everything that i have in my life all the luxury put aside everything that god has blessed me with now this is the mission i want to be on i want to not meet any child hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com hey it's ryan reynolds and i'm here with keith co-star of my upcoming film if only in theaters may 17th do you want to tell people the big news All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I want to meet children who can't speak English. Can't can't read and write properly, you know. Read badly, all right. But I do not want to till I'm alive. Want to see a child who doesn't know what a pencil is? You know what kind of world are we living in if a child doesn't know what a pencil is? A five-year-old child. That means we have failed somewhere as humans. If we call ourselves social workers and want to work, then we have failed. If a child doesn't know what pencil is, so I said I'm not ready to live with this failure. I'm not ready to die like this. That you know that we. i could still meet children who who have not seen pencil like basics of the life even if you're illiterate you still must know what a pencil is right yeah i mean it's hard yeah, it's, to imagine yeah yeah, yeah so that yeah. that incident wo wo bolte na bhagwan aapko ek bar wo aisa something yeah. that changes your life god shows you the path because probably he's chosen you to lead walk on that path and that is the day when i came back i sat down i sleep for days i remember and i told my husband i said you know what i think i'm pretty done with all the art and the shows and just collecting money and literally like what is it all this money i'm going to do you know with later when i'm going to feel so unhappy from within so he said i've never stopped for anything rupal and i somehow knew that you are always looking you were always looking for a path like that so go on from my side there is no restriction if he would have easily said like my dad would say you really don't have to work You really don't have to not work. Literally, so that's not working. That's that's yeah. No, he yeah. he said you. He didn't say you really have. You don't have to work. He said you literally don't have to slog. Slog. Because yeah. to go and stand in a slum every day, morning to evening, is not easy for anyone. Yeah, it's not easy for people who live there. People from outside, who can't even dream of how those people live in a house of 
four feet by four feet, eight feet by eight feet, probably smaller than the, the washrooms that we live in. Families live in that. So that is the day I made the decision. Now there is no U-turn and there is no looking back. And, you know, I need to make sure that this is something I don't hear ever in my life again. And so far, God has been kind. I've not heard that again, because if I hear it again, I'll probably like be like shattered. And I make sure in the areas we are working in, we, you know, try our best. We focus on quality education in, along with taking children to school. So I... My team is very clear. I've narrated this incident to all of them. And I'm like, you know what? If this is what you want to do in life, you need to start like today, like now. So I think we are very passionate about all these things. And this is where Rubel Nagi Art Foundation came into origin that I decided, no, now I need to take it formally, professionally. Because if I want to just, like Madhav said, you want to stick to these 500 children or you want to reach to 5 lakh children? I said, I want to reach to 5 million children. Five lakh is not the number I'm looking at. So he said, then do it properly. You know, then people will also take you seriously. They'll come yeah. and see your work. And then it's like channelizing your work and you're, you're doing it so well. So why not do it? And that's how we started and with your experience. We've, we've sailed through it so far. Good. We have lots of children today who are connected to us. So 10 year journey. It's been a 10 year journey. And God is kind. We have so many children, like somebody was asking me on social media, ma'am, how many days in a month you travel? <laughs> so I, I wrote back saying that not enough, actually. I wish we had more days in a month because there are so many more people and areas that we still have reached. And yeah. we still need to reach because still my social media is flooded with messages every day. Some village, some slum, some basti, ma'am, we don't have books here. We don't have stationery here. We don't have ration here. We don't have this here. Can we, can we get, can we get, there's still so many. So we, we try to reach. Uh, to yeah. So, so Rubel, then you basically, I mean, what you do is you go into communities, you use art as the expression, you know, to then further kind of get kids involved and then they you know the path to education and all of that so so obviously there's a process right so when you get into a community like you mentioned Haravi which to my global listeners is the largest shanty dwelling in the universe you know so so you started to encourage people to paint their homes is it the walls or I mean what was the first step and then that's obviously something you've replicated in all the other communities that you have been a part of in Mumbai and now I understand is extended to the rest right. of India as well yeah so so basically Paint Dharavi was launched in 2017 with basic beautification of the slum some parts of the slum okay. like the airport side chamber side you know where all the leather market is that side it took us two years and in that we were running a lot of skill centers and, you know, doing other things also. 2018, when I launched Misal Mumbai. Now, Misal Mumbai is the first slum transformation initiative. It started from Mumbai because the, the initiative first slum I picked was in Mumbai. It's the first slum transformation initiative, which focuses not only on beautification, because what we did in Paint Dharavi was beautification. Oh, so it was only doing, doing that. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. It was only right. beautification okay. and skilling. Which yeah. was going on before Dharavi was on our Skill yeah. India program, Learn to Earn program, Ronak, all these other initiatives of foundation, which if you see on the website, you'll see the areas we're working in. That was going on in our different slums already. And then we said, okay, let's beautify Dharavi because a lot of people came and said, ma'am, can we do something great? So while we were doing other, while we were going through the other initiatives of the foundation, Pain Dharavi started in 2016. Now, during Pain Dharavi, when I used to be there every day, I used to think that, you know, is this enough? Like, I know we're doing smaller other courses. Our Balwadis are running, our skill centers are running. But can there be more? Because, you know, when you're going home to home, having tea with everyone, like my morning breakfast, lunch, and kind of evening snacks is set there in different homes. And I come back and have dinner if I have, you know, if I want to, otherwise uh, it's all right. So f- I would sit with them and I ask them, you know, what, what is it that you need? What is it that you're lacking? And where should be the focus? So a lot of hygiene, sanitation, plastic, waste management queries came out. So when we launched Misal Mumbai, Misal Mumbai is not the initiative for only beautification. Misal Mumbai was educating through art, through creative ideas, how with colors and art, we broke that barrier. We took our buckets of color. First step 
was to enter the slum, start painting the slum. When people would, you know, look at us painting the slum, out of curiosity, they came out of their homes rather than us going home to home in a new, because it was a completely new slum. Yeah. They came out and they said, ma'am, what is going on? What are you doing? So I would be like, I'm painting these. So do you want to come and tell me which color you want? Or do you want to suggest something? So they would come out, start talking to you. I want pink. My daughter's getting married. Can I have lavender? My Diwali is coming in next few but months. But they would I'm allow coming. you, they would allow you to paint the external yes. walls of their homes. They oh, were very happy. They were very happy. They said, like, if you see the video, they said, you know what? This is like getting self-respect. It's such terrible state we were living earlier. We, we felt ashamed of telling our own relatives that we live here. You've given us an identity. And now we would paint 20 homes. We would have 200 people standing behind us and just looking. What is madam doing? You know, every morning she comes and she's up on the ladder up on the roof, sometimes, you know, like climbing up one or the other because they're all joined together and doing all this with her team. So then we would sit down together over tea, talk. So Misal Mumbai, which started with beautification, the main aim was to educate people about quality education for children that make sure your children reach school. And later on, when we opened the Balwari, come and study with us. It's like tuition that we would, you know, give quality education, enhance on the areas where children are weak. Employment for women, Getting our women in front to work, telling the husband that please let them work. They don't have to really go out into nine to five. We will give them something to work from home. Let them come to our centers, talk about hygiene, sanitation, waste management, less use of plastic. I would not say no use of plastic because that's like a dream. I, I don't even want to dream that way. But even if they can do 50% less plastic, trust me, I would feel it's a 100% achievement. So telling them, like a lot of people in my villages came and told me, Misal Rajasthan, that ma'am, everyone says, you know, plastic mat use karo, don't use plastic, but they never tell us what to use. So I, I always tell them that, listen, I don't believe in advocacy. Advocacy yeah. is important, but with that, on-ground work is very important. By telling you, okay, use this, I become great, I get a lot of applaud on uh, social media, but that's not helping the people who really I am addressing too. So when a lot of women came and told me, ma'am, what do we use instead of plastic? Yeah. At least yeah. tell us what. We are okay to do, we will we'll listen to you. It's for our betterment that everyone is saying, don't use plastic. But tell us, what is it that we can use? How expensive that is? Can we afford it? Can we not afford it? Or maybe it is cheaper than the plastic that we are using right now. But at least give us that knowledge. You're listening to a fusion of stories recounted for the first time ever by some fascinating people from across the globe with me, Payal, on this very unique and special podcast series, Melting Pot. So that's where my one team was beautifying. One team was taking the database of children not reaching school yet or not reached school yet or how many dropouts are there of youth. How many women want to work? How many are already working? How many are not working and also want to work? One side, one team was addressing the issues of sanitation, toilet use, waste management, plastic, you know, instead of plastic, what do you use? So it, Misal was a complete project where we want to transform the entire slum. We didn't want to just beautify the slum. Yeah. We wanted to educate people through art about these things, not just about making uh, your walls colorful colors will fade in few years is what I always say but the change we want to bring in those many months while we are working there with people in people's mind will stay forever so we wanted to bring that change and it's because it it did get such huge impact on ground we replicated it throughout the country people started calling us even from Spain and Bangladesh and Sri Lanka that can we do Misal Sri Lanka can we do Misal Bangladesh can we do in Spain ma'am so I'm like, you know, my country is pretty big right now. So let me, so let let me, me focus on that. Yeah. Three years here and then you, we will take an exam. Yeah. So with women who were not working and who were not able to, you know, step out of their homes, was it challenging for you to convince the husbands or the, the father or brothers or, you know, whoever, the male members of the family to actually allow them and the benefits of them uh, being able to step out of their homes and, and actually do become independent. Was it challenging for you? You know, Payal, gender equality is something the whole world is fighting. And in India, it's very big. This is something we've seen in not just slums, but even bigger cities. 
when I was working in Thane, forget the other women, when I was working in Thane and there was a household where, you know, they were suggesting colors and it, the wall was really dirty and, you know, the woman came, took the jhadu because they would see me do it. So they said, ma'am, hum kar dete. Then she started cleaning and the man was there. I said, ma'am, I want some work. You give me some work. I said, sure, what do you do? What is it that you're good at? So he said, I'm a, I'm a painter. I paint, like the contractor painter, not the artist. Yeah. So I said, great. Why don't you paint your lane? Your entire slum lane, the lane that you live in, why don't you paint? No, ma'am. I can't do this small work. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> you, you want work? You're getting paid for it. More than probably you will do a commercial project. I'll give you personally. Because it was to, you know, give him that sense of security. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and encourage him. Encouragement for him. He said, no, I can't do this, ma'am. Plus, ma'am, I want to work uh, under a male boss. Oh. So I'm not your boss. Yeah. I'm not your boss. I'm just here to help you. He's saying, no, no, ma'am. In Hindi, he said, se instruction nahi le I can't take instructions from a woman. I said, you have a daughter? Yes. I said, imagine somebody like you telling this to your daughter or to your wife or to your mother. Will you, would you like that? No, no, ma'am. Wo to, you know, we don't give our daughters out to work and you know, it's not something which works in a house. I said, so you're feeling very good about it, right? I said, I am cleaning your wall, your toilets with my own hands. And you are the one who's going to use it. And you are the one who lives here. Can't color the outside of your lane. This is your place. And you are you want to work. I, you want some job. And what makes you think this is a smaller job? And what I will give you to paint somebody else's flat will be a bigger job? I said, it's not about small or big. It is about your intention to work. And you know how proud these people will feel if you do something like that. I said, okay, do one or two walls and let's see how they say. And you don't have to take instructions from me. If that is what you think. He said, no, no, ma'am. Uh, I just, you know, said it, but I'm okay. I said, but what is the boss and employee? I said, you're not my employee. You came to me because you see me here every day. And you requested, ma'am, if there is something possible. Instantly, I said, okay, do this. Because this is what your capability is. Do this and you will make four, five thousand rupees in just few days. Do it. And then you come back and give me the story. And after that, you expect that I'll give you work. First, you need to learn to be humble. First, you need to respect not just your daughter, but somebody else's daughter also. I'm also somebody else's daughter. My team has a lot of girls working from the slum. They are also somebody else's daughter. And I said, what is the guarantee your son will be more successful and girl will be less successful tomorrow? I said, give them education. Let's see who's more successful. So I, you know, then I kind of try to tell him that, you know, I know but they look after their parents more. So don't talk like this because this does not suit Indian men to talk like that. He said, your wife is cleaning. You can't. And then I said, now that you've made me the boss, I am the boss. <laughs> so you have to, if you want to work with me, you have to take. First of I was doing it like a daughter or somebody whom you said, madam, and I would respect you back because of your age. But now that you said that I can't take instructions from boss. And I said, now you have to take instructions from me only if you want to work in my team. So he said, ma'am, I'll tell you tomorrow. I said, show you tomorrow. Next morning, he came, apologized. He said, ma'am, I'm ready to work. I cleaned the toilets also with you. I had such a small thinking. And, you know, then my daughter and my wife also said that, is this you internally think about us? That, you know, Baba, you will not let me study and you let Dada study. And this is what you're internally thinking, but not showing me. I'm really sad that my father is like that. So when you hear it from your own children, probably it hit you more, right? Mm. So that night, probably he had a tough night at home. Then his son also came and said, how can you talk like this? You know, she's my sister and she's your daughter. And then he colored the whole lane and everything. I told everyone quietly. I said, now everyone applaud for him. Give him that yeah. encouragement so that he doesn't feel... Yeah. That, oh, and you know, his daughter, is his daughter at school now or no? Yeah. She is. Yeah. She's probably now going to ninth standard. Yeah, she's a big girl. That one, yeah, I think it's that, you know, because it's an age-old thing of thinking in a certain way. Yeah, it's, it's sad, but it is yeah, true. Yeah. It is true, but, it, but it is changing because girls now have become very smart. Girls are taking that, you know, that step of saying, no, we want to do this. That if you're putting brother in school, we also want to go to school. But if you go to villages after age standard, girls don't go to school because this senior secondary is far away and sending their girls some of them don't have toilets 
during their period it becomes stuff for them to reach like in pune when we were working a lot of girls would come to me and sit with me in the afternoon way back from school and they would tell me after eight i don't think parents are going to send us to school because it's four five lanes ahead and we have to walk and go so i said okay let me tell the local authority we can get a bus organized for you or the school can do something there are more than a num- certain number of children a small minivan can be organized so we did all that so at least 12 standard because till they when they go till 12 standard they don't want to back out then they want then to they want to finish that they're yeah. all right with 12 standard probably it's not going to work so let's get a degree yeah and education pile is the only yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. that can bring that change we all want to see yeah Yeah. and when i say education is not just going to school or college and getting a degree educating yeah. them about basics basic principles of life respecting your women res- giving equality to everyone taking your children to school don't spit here don't sit and pee there and you know no, garbage all around it's also encouraging yeah no and it's also encouraging them to start to think independently i'm actually i'm doing a series which is at the moment it's ongoing it's the akanksha foundation in india and the focus is on girls being educated and i've actually interviewed some of the alumni and i have to tell you i am so inspired to see where they are at today i mean where they started from and where they are at today and how independent they are and how encouraging their families have been to send them to school so i think it's just uh, you're absolutely right and it's it's educa- it's a holistic education which is important absolutely. to your point absolutely. right absolutely. yeah i and- always tell them don't come to me with obnoxious behaviors and say we are mba we are graduates we've done a bed we've done a bba i said if you're not a proper person like a responsible citizen for me that degree has no value so with that this is important and that is what we do in our balwadi we take children to school because going to school is very important balwadi you have certain number of kids when you go to school you meet your teachers you meet didis yeah, you have your lunch breaks together yeah, yeah. something which grows you up as yeah. a good teen person yeah. and then when you come to our balwadis we teach you in a different way we we make it more fun because you know children don't want to come back to you and open the same textbook same school bag they're like ma'am we are already bored we want to do something else so we teach them the same thing but it's like going to cbsc and doing ib you know two two different ways of academic studies Approach, but more yeah, fun, yeah. more practical so yeah. in our balwadis we go more practical way of learning and more fun way of learning than we do sports we do weekends we do sports then we do art camps we do uh, group activities so it's like telling them about what they are probably listening in the school but not following like you yeah. go back and do namaste to your parents to your elders you say good morning to them in the morning before sleeping brush your teeth make sure your hands are clean before you so all these basics which they l- learn in the school but they are not bothered but here we make sure they come back and report to us that you've done it so that is where i come when i use the word quality education this is where you know we we stress more on yeah. and in our skill centers we are want we want all the women who are who want to work and are very talented but can't go out of the house because they have to look after their families never been given an opportunity so they come and learn in our skill centers we have different skill centers we have salon training we have stitching we have yoga we have automobile we have housekeeping nursing all these every state has a different uh, skill center depending on what is needed in that state and you know, so i want to make kind of make a doctor yeah, yeah i don't want to make doctor and architect yeah, because no, that, that makes them help. that makes them self sufficient and sitting at home they can earn 8 yeah. 10000 12000 yeah. it is like big big you know you can say contribution of theirs like i always say that self reliant you can only make your women atmanirbhar aap kabhi bana sakte hain jab hum apni mahilaon ko financial independence denge when we give them financial independence is when we are empowering our women in real sense by using the word we are empowering women and giving long lecture what on ground you are actually doing to empower them in their bank what is going every month is something that empowers them in the real sense and not just the empowerment in the sense that you've got money the self respect their self esteem the respect they get in their house from their in-laws husband family it's like you know you can walk with your head high and say i contribute 
in my family for my yeah. children and for my yeah. uh, loved ones i think yeah. that itself you know gives a big boost in their confidence and that is what we need to do for our women in the villages and slums so that is where the skill center focuses on yeah oh my god rubel i mean i could talk to you for hours <laughs> <laughs> because no, my phone is not stop pinging i have to be somewhere at 7:30 i and i just looked at my uh, phone it's 7:30 yeah and i have a next my you want 10 years of journey in one hour it is not going to work yeah no, but it's phenomenal so <laughs> at least you've been able to recap it in the best way that you can uh, you've kind of speeded it up and i'm yes. really appreciate you asking me one one i put everything together for you but i know time is <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really appreciative of that, and thank you so much. And all power to you and what you know what you have done so far. And I'm sure it's going to keep growing. And you are you're using art to make a difference, but you know within that uh, sort of under the the wing of art, you're actually creating social change. And I think that is is so important. And again, good. You know, Pyal people say that Kashmir women in burkas, abayas don't come out and speak. Rubel Agiyat Foundation is the only foundation. which has done an art camp in a woman's madrasa where they don't even show their hands it's like completely covered they've taken their things off they've painted so beautifully they've spoken to me about you know we want to go to goa we want to go to mumbai and you know they've they've spoken and i'm i'm like you know you guys are alive so feel yeah. alive don't feel that you know just because you're wearing an abaya that means you don't you are not living so you're not existing yeah yeah you yeah. yeah. you're alive and today my kashmir girls are doing so fantastically well and you know we have more than 1800 uh, youth which is connected to us in uh, kashmir in in the i'm not talking about shrinagar i'm talking about patan sapor handwara kufwara all the internal parts of kashmir all the villages and uh, they are doing fabulous work and you know i i work in a place where i'm going to take i'm going to work there if you show me your enthusiasm also otherwise no point wasting time and you know trying to push you if you are not interested and kashmir girls if i have taken one step they have taken they pushed me to take them forward 100 steps so so much josh and that willingness that ma'am we want to do it you just hold our hand and just tell us how to go forward it's the determination so we opened seven centers yeah. we opened wow. seven centers in less than 9 months in kashmir big thanks to indian army for that of course they have invited us to have these workshops and skill centers there but the youth there is amazing they just need the right guidance they need to be shown the right path and i think education and employment is something that can you know take them off every negativity which yeah. is existing there yeah. and take them forward towards positivity and success. on that note <laughs> thank you very much it's been so lovely talking to you and i hope that you know i managed to reach bombay mumbai at some point that i'll connect with you and we can meet outside of melting pot and then i'll absolutely. hear a lot more about absolutely. what you're doing absolutely you so absolutely. much thank you you take care stay safe you too you too you. bye hi bye bye For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.